The day before he was due to receive his ONZM from the Governor-General last month, Potter Ross Mitchell-Anion passed away. His niece Millie Mitchell-Anion is a curator at Whanganui's Sargent Gallery. She was already working on an exhibition of the pottery that had given his parents over five decades, much of which has now been gifted to the gallery. On our webpage, there are photographs of works on the show in The Pool Room. The exhibition is named after a scene from the family's favourite film, The Castle. Mum got him a big German beer mug from Franklin Mint. Dad couldn't believe his eyes. It was too good to even drink beer out of. I'd like to do pottery. Oh, you should. You'd be good at it. This is going straight to the pool room. All Dad's most prized possessions are in the pool room. All his mementos and things that remind him of something special. So by him saying it was going straight to the pool room meant that he thought it was special. Well, Millie's also curated another show for the sergeant that's opening at the same time. Testing Ground looks at the future of craft, working with a range of contemporary craft artists. But we'll start in the pool room and Millie's love of her Uncle Ross's pottery. When I look at like my house and I look at you know my dinnerware and all that sort of stuff, it's Ross's pottery. And so what I find really special about it is it's so like it proliferates all over the country like so many people have Ross's pots or plates or cups and after he passed away a lot of people would tell me about their favorite pot or cup or something and that was that is the special thing about it I think is just how loved it is pretty sturdy too <laughs> I think a lot of these these um, items have been used and I think that's one of the special things as well they haven't just been immediately put into a vault or behind glass he made things to be used and enjoyed yeah and I think that's the special thing about this sort of like collection of works in the pool room is that it's a whole life worth of use of pottery over several decades has just been used and used and used until my grandmother passed away and that's when we decided as a family to donate some of the works to the sergeant gallery and it just so happens that I started working there about five weeks ago so yeah it was fortuitous that I could do this show as well. How would you describe Ross's style or given that he produced work over several decades did it change much? It changes a lot and I think that's uh that's what's really interesting about these works because some people have never seen works like this they're made right back in the 70s some of them are kind of beautiful failures and some of them are peak kind of skill and mastery whereas in my grandmother's kitchen there's this whole like spice rack of just little kind of pots and people probably haven't seen a lot of those before and I think that's kind of an interesting thing about a potter like it does their style doesn't stay static it just kind of changes like slowly over time or when he got sick of something he'd try something new or when something didn't sell he might want to make more of it because it was kind of like sticking it to the man so yeah I think it's kind of interesting how things his style changes over time could you describe a couple of objects perhaps that show very different styles of his? There are these sort of like beautiful white glossy pots and vases that are, you know, they're quite Wedgwood sort of 1930s, 40s-esque. You can kind of contrast that with like these 
giant planters for the backyard which are frumpy and almost like they're thrown together and you can see like the indentations of the thumb mark whereas the other ones are completely like you know they're quite tidy they're made to be like viewed in a gallery almost fans of a certain film will probably have picked up the reference but what is the pool room I'm pretty sure that it is a universal family favourite. So the pool room you might know is a reference to the movie The Castle, which if something was like really good, it got taken straight to the pool room. And so not only are there these references to like the ceramics that have gone in my grandmother's house to the pool room, they've gone like to this like very particular shelf that was sort of like the very special items, the not sort of in high use ones. But it's also kind of a funny way of thinking about the fact that they've kind of gone to the next pool room, which is the Sergeant Gallery's permanent collection. Obviously, Ross loved his parents to bits and gifted a lot of his um, pottery to them over the years. How big is the collection that Ross gifted to his, his well, parents? There would have been probably about 60 or 70 works and that doesn't include things that may have perished over the years so as time goes by you accidentally break a cup or two or a pot or whatever and you can fix them to a certain point and a lot of them in my grandmother's house had sort of like glue marks with little chips glued back on oh no (laughs) yeah you know it's kind of just happens I've I've had to do it to one of mine as well and it's very sad but it's you know if it's an outdoor planter it's sort of still nice to have around you wouldn't throw it away. Now you were working on this really personal show uh, I think even before Ross died this ONZM he didn't get to receive it in person but what did that recognition mean to him? I think it's a really important recognition because not only was he he was a potter that taught a lot of other potters and a lot of people around the country would have gone to Ross's workshop and learnt from him and that's quite an important part I think of his practice was to sort of pass on his ideas and his sort of knowledge and I think that's a really nice way to recognize him in that capacity and the other facet of like Ross was that he he saved a lot of heritage buildings around Whanganui by purchasing them probably you know a bit of a silly idea on reflection just buying up earthquake prone buildings around town but it's meant that he'll he sort of passed them on to people that were going to look after them care for them earthquake strengthen them and it's meant that a lot of those buildings are still around today and I think that those two, two sort of facets of his life you know they're really important to me personally but they're also important I could know to a lot of other people and were you talking to him about this exhibition that you were working on before he died and again I imagine that would have meant a lot to him to know that you cared enough uh, to to be able to work on this exhibition of his work yeah I chatted to him about it a little while ago because I was intending to do something with the works and this was slightly before the exhibition emerged and I talked to my grandmother actually about it before she passed so they were both really really eager and keen for it to happen in one way or another the wider project was that 
I was going to do a sort of archival research project on a lot of Ross's work. And one of those things was I was going to talk to my grandmother about the early years when he built the kiln in the backyard and go through each of the pieces in the house and have a, you know, just a chat and talk about them. And unfortunately that didn't happen or eventuate. So it's quite nice that it has eventually come about. And one of the reasons that this show is happening is because I was the Bloomheart curator for 2021 and 2022. And they asked me to pitch a show idea and I came up with this very contemporary one. And so that show, Testing Ground, is happening. But then I really wanted to do this show as well. So now I've got two shows. It sort of is a nice complementary pairing. So there's contemporary craft. And there's also this historical look at pottery over you know four or five decades and I think the story that I really wanted to talk about was a life lived with pottery and a family that sort of it's a bit biased because I'm from that family but a family that really sort of like were really keen on craft and pottery and making everything throughout their whole lives like my grandmother um, Dolly whose collection it is she was a sewer, she was a cabinet maker, and I feel like those sort of intrinsic skills are sort of passed on throughout the family, and like she would make shelves, especially for the pottery in the house. And so it really is a collection that reflects a long relationship and love of craft. What were a couple of the works that Ross, his heart was set on being included in your exhibition, and why? We unfortunately didn't get to talk about those specific works at the time. So you know how there's that like nice, highly curated, highly sort of everything is sort of like very nicely picked. We just thought oh, it'd be better just to put them all in. And even though I like there's some that are a bit weird and a bit kind of, I don't know, odd that they're also on the show because they represent the hat like the house and the time and a lot of those sort of memories. When he was going through some experimental stages, hey? Oh, yeah. There's some very, very, like, odd-looking things. And if you saw them anywhere out of context, you probably wouldn't be able to identify them as Ross's pottery. But that's what I quite like. They're a bit funny. They're a bit strange. One looks like a loaf of bread, even. I haven't really even worked out what it is, but I think it's a letter holder. It's it's quite quirky. Hey look there's a place in our world for quirky absolutely well I've got you here we mentioned testing ground and the the pr- promotional material for this is what does the future of craft look like which is such a big question. I guess it's a it's a question because I might not know the answer <laughs> and I think that's a nice question to have but I have some hypothesis about the answer. I've gone through and I've worked with some artists that I think represent that future essentially how it all kind of came about was and I always come back to this one book by Doreen Bloomhart from 1981 and it was called Craft New Zealand and in it it's like this big survey book it's a bit like a almost like a craft bible it's so heavy that goes through all these different categories and it talks about what the future of craft might be in 40 years time and all the possibilities and 
So I went, oh, I wonder what they would have thought back in 1981 and what the future of craft would look like today. So I've sort of almost riffed on the structure of that book and completely broken it down and gone off in my own direction, essentially. You've got quite a mix of artists. I mean, a few ceramicists in there, which I would expect, jewellery, furniture, also illustrators, tonga puru as well in there. Mm. So what, were, there, were there common themes for these? Because you could think about the future in terms of the materials they use or the technology, or are they riffing on the traditional and turning it into something other? What are some of the approaches they have? Yeah, I think each of the artists are really different in how they're approaching their practice. And one of the things that I think they all share in common is they sort of have an interdisciplinary practice. There's different things in their own sort of way, like Thomas Carroll, the Taonga Puro player and maker, is a big time musician and into like hooking up his puterino, which is his flute, into like a synth and playing it through that. And I think that that just that little kind of essence of how he's using craft today is a way of thinking about where it's moving to. Millie Mitchell-Anion at the pool room and testing ground open at the Sargent Gallery in Whanganui on the 18th of June.